You're listening to the Dwell on These Things podcast, a regular dose of Christ-centered encouragement to put your mind in a better place. Listen in as Pastor John Stonge shares Bible studies, interviews, training, and some of his most recent sermons. We're glad to have you with us today. You're listening to the Dwell on These Things podcast. I'm John Stonge, and today we have someone with us that I'm really excited to introduce. Now, even before I introduce this guest, so I know that I'm going to leave that hanging out in the air here for a second, I want to say this. Our God is a creative God. He values excellence. He values beauty. Our Lord is the greatest artist And he's created us in his image, and he's given us the ability to reflect these aspects of his character in the art that we produce and in the arts in general. And I believe that the arts can be a powerful way to testify to his goodness. So our guest today is someone who clearly gets this. And today we're privileged to welcome Lindsay May to the show. Lindsay is the founder of The Truly Co., and she's the publisher of Truly Magazine, which is a print publication that shares the truth of the gospel. It shares encouragement, and it shares some very edifying faith stories. She's also a speaker, a teacher, and a writer who has the gift of bringing the best out of people. Lindsay is also someone who's very passionate about her family, and she, she tells me that she really just enjoys the beautiful little moments of life, and I think that that's definitely reflected in the creative content that she produces. So let's welcome Lindsay May to the show. Lindsay, welcome. It's great to have you with us today. Thank you. It's an honor to be here. Lindsay, I wonder if you could start us off maybe by just telling us a little bit more about yourself and about the Truly Co. Introduce our listeners to, to what you're doing and who you are. Sure. Well, I'm Lindsay. Thank you for such a warm introduction. Um, I am from the Minneapolis, Minnesota area. So if you hear that accent come out, that's just <laughs> part of who I am. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> my background. Um, I, yes, I am passionate about my family, as you had mentioned. I've got two small kids right now. Age set my daughter's in first grade. She's seven. And my youngest, he is four. So life is busy with that. Um, as well. And I am so, I am just so passionate about uh, understanding the truth of God's word and the power that that has and communicating it in ways that is um, impactful to others. You know, you can speak and you can write and you can do all these things and, and doing it in a way that is meaningful to others and that allows the Holy Spirit to do the inside work. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's just something that I'm so passionate about and I get so excited about. So I have a Truly Magazine. And so we are a print publication. Our target market is women, but I am also a firm believer that the way that everything is written would absolutely impact any guy that would want to pick it up as well. But we target women um, because, well, I am one, obviously. And I'm just, so you understand that market. <laughs> yes, <laughs> I do. And my team, um, it is not a one person show by any means. I have an amazing group of women who function in different areas using their gifts and abilities that God has given them to bring this to life. And we have just developed this sisterhood around this project that we're doing um, and have it's made a way to literally connect with women around the world. And it just, it blows my mind to think about uh, what God can do in a year because we launched, we launched right before the pandemic hit uh, last year in 2020. And so right now we are working on launching soon to launch our third issue. So Mm -hmm. we produce two print issues a year 
And we do too, because it is quite involved with the way that we produce things. Like you had mentioned, I'm incredibly passionate about arts and creativity. And so one of the things that we love to do is we don't just find stock images or artwork. We Mm -hmm. custom do every bit of creativity that you see in our print publication. So we work with other um, artists, women artists and Christians um, who have these gifts and abilities. And it's such a neat way where we get to link arms uh, with people who are totally outside of our normal network, you know, and we rely on God to bring the people to us that he wants us to partner with for these things. And then it gets, they get to shine their gifts and abilities uh, on a platform that it it's a collaborative effort. And all to bring glory to God. And I really believe that the powerful words that we print combined with beautiful visuals and Mm -hmm. designed in a unique way that's not distracting, but that it just complements the art and the writing together, man, it just creates for a powerful reading experience that feedback that we've received is that it just has a really unique anointing to it, that it is really touching lives in a real way there's a lot of content out there, you know, that we see online and in, you know, you can go to any supermarket convenience store and see all kinds of magazines out there. But our goal is to connect on a heart level, that it moves beyond just something time specific and something that is just, you know, in one year and out the next done, but something that is more like a resource that people can go back to when they need encouragement on a specific area. That's awesome. So our first, yeah, our first issue was focused on leadership. Um, our second issue focused on unity, which mm-hmm. is very timely. And now our third one, our third theme is going to be awesome. It's all around in, our intentions and intentionality. Intentions. So, all right. Yep. Intentionality. It's interesting. You said, you know, you're trying to produce content that connects with the heart. I have a philosophy when I'm uh, putting together a sermon, when I'm writing a book, when I'm doing anything. I always feel like you need to hit the, the whole person, right? You know, the head, the heart, the hands. And a lot of times some people will just hit the head and they'll forget that, that we have a heart too. You know, they, they think, you know, when I'm presenting information that it's only going to edify somebody if I hit the head. It's like, no, you want to you hit the head, obviously, but you want to hit the heart as well. And I, I hear some of that in what you're sharing, that you're trying to connect to the whole person. Yes, Absolutely. Absolutely. One of the things that I noticed uh, about the content that you're producing that really impressed me, this is, and I'll I'll tell you, this is what really inspired me to say, I I need to reach out to Lindsay and see if she'd be interested in being on the show. Your company has a very clear doctrinal statement. So you're, you're, you value the arts, right? You're, you're, you're clear about that. And you're combining it with a clear understanding of scripture and a clear understanding of doctrine. And I thought that was impressive. And to be honest with you, I thought that was somewhat unique. I think that that sets the Truly Co. apart because I don't always see that. So I'd be curious to hear your opinion of of how do you think good theology can improve the creation of creative art of any kind? When we fully understand who God is, and how he has designed us. If we are made in his image, man, we've got his DNA inside of us, you know, in God's DNA and his heart, he is the creator. He is the great artist. And when we can embrace that and understand that, I think that, I think it can unlock something in our spirits and in our, in our minds that allows us to be an extension of his heart to the world around us. 
there are so many people who uh, would say, oh, I'm not creative, you know, like, oh, I wish I could do that, you know, and looking at specific giftings or skill sets, you know, not everybody is going to be this amazing oil painter. Not everybody is going to be this world-renowned photographer, but creativity can look so different for everybody. Creativity looks like problem solving. You know, Mm -hmm. if we just, if we understand God in that, in that capacity and how he wants us to be an extension of, we are his ambassadors here on this earth Mm -hmm. while we have time and our life is a vapor, you know, that's what scripture says. And so to truly understand the heart of God is the key to everything, to understand our purpose and how he has designed us and how much he loves us and wants us to thrive. He can bring healing into any situation. And sometimes that comes out through the way we express ourselves. And that Mm -hmm. might be in an artistic way that might look like the way we write. I believe that good theology is truly understanding the the basics and the foundations. There's so many different things that we could argue about, you know, so many diff- <laughs> little nitpicky belief things, right, but at right. the core, the core thing, what is the foundational thing that we can all agree on? God loves us. He, we are in a broken world, you know, like nothing is perfect. Humans are imperfect, but God has a plan of redemption for everybody and everything. And his spirit is alive and at work today. And when we can allow that and understand that God has such good intentions and good purpose for us, it's so freeing. It is so freeing. And I think that is what can really bring us together when we, when we keep that as our focus. Yeah, it's, it's unifying. And it's also the right foundation to build something on, you know, whether Absolutely. you're building something creative or, or even something else, right? You're, this is the foundation for our lives, you know, the truth of the gospel, the message that the Lord's communicated in scripture. And to see you incorporate that in what you're expressing with your website, with the art that you're doing, I, I thought I really appreciated that when I saw that. And I, 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 that was a question that was like the, the, really the first question I wanted to ask you, because I do think that that helps add some distinction to what you're producing with the Truly Co. and with Truly Magazine. I think it's the right approach. I think it's a wise approach. Um, by the way, you live in Minnesota. My brother-in-law is uh, from Minnesota. We all live here in Pennsylvania, so we're on the East Coast here. My brother-in-law, he's a great guy. I'm convinced that he's, he's half Viking, so I know that you know, everybody in Minnesota, right? That's part of your DNA as well. But what's the, what's the best part? What's the worst part of living in your state? And oh. my addendum to that is during this time of year, do you ever dream of living in a warmer climate? Because in Pennsylvania here, I think about it all the time during the winter. So I'm just curious, best part, worst part of the state? What do you think? Oh, that's a really good question. Best part, hands down, is the summer. There, you will never find a Perfect better summer. summer than a summer okay. in Minnesota. We, I try and be on the lake. The lake, that's what everybody says. Or they go right. have a cabin or something like that. My my parents live have a home on a lake that's close by, so we go boating and play on the beach. Awesome, as often as possible. Yes, the winters, especially this week, it's been <laughs> exceptionally brutal with negative 23 degree temperatures. So no, thank you. Yeah. No, thank you. But aside from that, it's been quite mild and oh, I do you. enjoy it. We also live on a little lake, more like a pond, but right. we pull the kids on sleds around. We let the dog go run around back there. It's this giant, beautiful winter wonderland. <laughs> Although I am not going to lie. I I think that I was born in the wrong climate because <laughs> I have a passion for the ocean like, I don't even know how to describe it, like why I have that. But I, it does make me appreciate being able to go on vacation when we're able to. So. Yeah, absolutely. 
Yeah, I, we we now your state I think has a reputation for being colder than Pennsylvania, but Pennsylvania, you know, we have a northern climate here, and yeah. right now I've just been shoveling snow like crazy. It's just been snow after snow. Today we're actually getting some melt, so maybe today I won't daydream of Florida the whole day, but I definitely <laughs> think about warmer climates during uh, this time of year. All right, so you stepped out on faith to start the Truly Code, to build that, to start Truly Magazine. And I wonder what kind of counsel you would give to somebody who's listening to us today and maybe feels called to step out on faith as well and maybe develop a ministry platform or a message-based platform. What kind of counsel could you give somebody that's thinking about doing something like that? I would say pursue it. Start somewhere. Explore it. Ah, man. I have wrestled with the idea of call and calling my whole life, you know, never really feeling like I was called to work inside of a church, but knew that I was called to some kind of ministry Mm -hmm. and God has wired us each so uniquely and so differently for a purpose and ministry and platform looks different for everybody. And that is so okay because we all have a different people group that we're supposed to reach. You know, our sphere of influence is who's around us, first of all, and then whoever God puts in our path, you know, that day or whatever. And so I think it's our job to steward those gifts that God has given us. So whatever that looks like, you know, if if that's in a corporate setting, if you are a tech genius, which I am not, by the way, but you feel like you're called to launch something in that degree, explore it. Just take the next step. Um, We're not guaranteed tomorrow. And it's such a morbid thought, but it's also a beautiful thought because it reframes our minds to think about what's in front of us today. Yeah. I think the big, that's the biggest thing I could say is just do something to explore it. I don't, God will never like lead you astray and then be like, Oh, you missed it too bad. You know, God is so gracious and good where if we explore something and it's not supposed to be, he's going to lovingly redirect you back. And I've had to take the pressure off of myself in thinking that way. I've had to wrestle with, oh, but what if so-and-so looks at me and says, why does she think she can do that? You know, like I could think of a million other people more qualified than her to do this. And man, you will battle all kinds of thoughts. But at the end of the day, who are you accountable to, mm-hmm. you know, and I don't know about you, but I don't want to look back on my life and think, I wonder what would have happened. I wonder what opportunities God would have brought my way to serve him. If I would have just done X, Y, Z. If you just stepped out and did it. Yep. And, and I think, you know, and I have, I actually have a question kind of planned for a few minutes from now that I'll, I'll save it, but it's related to this. But I was even thinking as, as you were sharing what you just shared there. A lot of times I've noticed too, and and I'd be curious to hear your opinion on this. A lot of times people are afraid to step out on faith and do the thing that they, they can feel that stirring in their heart that the Lord's calling them to do because they're afraid of how they're going to look doing it. So whether it be public speaking, whether it be hosting a podcast, whether it be writing, whether it be anything like that, they're afraid that they might not look good doing it. And I always tell people, that the secret is it's not worrying about how you're going to look doing it. Focus more on the value you can bring to somebody else that helps them in their walk with Christ. If you make that the metric of what you're doing, it takes a lot of the pressure off of you when you choose to do something in a public platform. I'd love to hear your thoughts on that. I fully agree with everything you just said. It's not about us. It can't be about us. And man, the second that it becomes about me, is I feel like the second that it's all going to fail and go down the tubes because 
uh, I can't do this on my own. I fully admit that. And scripture says like in our weakness, he is made strong and he is glorified. So honestly, stepping out in something, you will have hardship. You will face challenges. You will face opposition guaranteed. And it's hard, (laughs) but it has driven me to my knees and driven me closer to the Lord through this process. And every day it feels like an act of surrender and just trusting God that I, I literally, I hold out my arms and I say, okay, God, this is yours. What would you call me to do to serve you today through my gifts? Like these hands you created, you have gifted me uniquely in these ways. How can I honor you with these gifts? And if we try and hold on to the burden of carrying it all ourselves, it is heavy, it is overwhelming, and it is crushing at times, you know, especially the further you walk into it, you realize, oh, I can't just quit now. You know, (laughs) when you step out and try something, you get to this point where the ball is rolling and you're in it and you have to just continually trust God in the unknown because there's a lot that I don't know. I'm not going to lie. I'll never right. pretend that I have it all together because I, I'm a human. I am a mom of little kids who gets really stressed out sometimes <laughs> doing the best that I can with what I feel like God has called me to. And that is what I feel it comes down to for everybody. We just honor God with the best of it's an offering. Our work is an offering. Our work way to describe is it. holy. Our work is a calling, you know, like mm-hmm. Adam and Eve weren't just sitting around lounging around. God gave right. them a purpose in the garden to cultivate, to grow and to expand. Mm-hmm. And that is still for us today. Yeah, absolutely. And that's a, that's a, I think, a big thing for us to have straight in our minds, the idea that what we do, we're not just doing this for some sort of dull, vain kind of reason. It's the idea of doing what you do to glorify God, bring him glory. That's the chief aim of our lives. That's the reason that we have been created to give him glory. I I also like something else that I noticed. We have a similar theme to what you're doing with the Truly Co. and what I'm doing with uh, my upcoming book and the theme of this podcast, the idea of dwell on these things. What does that mean? And so that's a a concept. So my podcast, that's that's our name here, right? The book that I have coming out, dwell on these things. And it comes from Philippians 4, 8. So I'm going to read that just so that's fresh in everyone's mind as they're listening. But I want to ask you a question about that. Philippians 4, 8 says this. It says, finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any moral excellence, and if there is anything praiseworthy, dwell on these things. So how does that verse speak to you individually? And why do you suppose you're motivated to speak that concept into the lives of others? Oh, that is such a great question. And this verse has unintentionally become a life verse for me. It's so funny. Okay. I'm going to take you back a little bit. All right. A couple of years history ago. Lesson here. here we go. History <laughs> lesson. Well, a history lesson in Lindsay's personal life. <laughs> All right. Here we go. <laughs> I had a, um, was looking for some kind of word art to go in my home and I was like, okay, what's going to be uplifting? What can my kids look at and see that's going to reframe us? You know, okay, where do we put our thoughts in a world that is so mm, bombarding with every, every different kind of message, every kind of thing, everybody's got an agenda. Everybody's got a word to share, speak my truth, speak, you know, my experience, you know, whatever that looks like, everything is so relative, but I want my kids to know what God says. What is the truth that we can ground our lives on everything we do? 
and it's easy to get down. You know, we look on social media, every, we, we can compare ourselves forever and be so discouraged and just listen to the lies because God knows that those <laughs> we're being bombarded all the time with our thoughts and what we see. And man, life is not, um, there's, it's an information overload, but what is the, what can we reframe our minds with? So a couple of years ago, I'd ordered this artwork from this online company, this giant wooden, beautiful sign, not Hobby Lobby. It's better quality than that. You know what I mean? Like it's beautiful and it's huge. And that was the verse that I had ordered. And I didn't realize that like it was kind of out of sight, out of mind mm-hmm. until I made that connection when I launched the truly co. And I real like, this was the verse that God led us to, because we want to have content that that helps people focus. So it's our guiding verse for everything that we publish. And truly is this, does this align with the truth of God's word, the whole gospel, not just like a part where we might want to interpret it our own way or put our own spin on it, but right. no, we want to understand the accurate meaning and how, how it was interpreted back then, what that message originally meant, because mm-hmm. we've got to go to the source to have an accurate understanding. Does it line up with the truth of God's gospel in his word? And uh, what is pure? What is beautiful? What, you know, all of those things. And so these are topics that we want to hone in on. And this is a frame of reference. We really believe that we would rather shine light than just yell at darkness. That's an approach that we have for truly because you could, there's a lot of yellers. There are a lot of yellers out there. I am not one of them. (laughs) I would much much rather (laughs) just speak encouragement and truth because there's enough of, there's enough of the yelling. And I believe that it's the Holy Spirit's job to reveal things in people's lives that whatever, we all have course corrections that, that God's working on us. right? Right. So speak truth and hope and encouragement. And that's our hope is that the Holy spirit fills the gaps in the words that we don't put in print that through the message that everything is saturated in prayer, that, that he will be glorified through that. That's great. Yeah. I, I, I like that when I saw that that was kind of a theme for what you guys were producing, I, I thought, Oh, I, I like how this group thinks. I like how Lindsay thinks with this. So what's, I I'd be curious because you're, you've, you've shared about the fact that you've started Truly Magazine, you've you've started the Truly Co. And, you know, it's a big step of faith. You're trying to glorify God in that. You're trying to encourage people, trying to tell stories, different things that will help people in their walk with Christ. So I'm just curious what the process of creating Truly Magazine in particular has been like, and, and what have you learned from trying to produce this kind of content? Oh, boy, I have learned a lot. <laughs> <laughs> I have learned a lot. So it's so cool how God lines up all of our past experiences to bring you to the next thing, right? Three years ago, though, I would have never imagined that I would be publishing a print magazine that goes all over the country and even the world, you know, for being who we are for like a year now. We're just, we're celebrating our one-year birthday. Hey, happy birthday. Thank you. Um, It's a process. I am very collaborative by nature and I am a verbal processor. And so when this idea first was in my heart, there was a few people that I spoke it to and I said, okay, I've got this idea. I don't know what to do with it. Tell me, you know? And so the process, it started out as a very, very much smaller version than what we're doing now inside of a local church that I was part of. And the women's director said, all right, let's try it out. You know, like this is a safe place. And if you don't feel like it's supposed to be part of this, that's fine. You know, let's just explore it. And so that was like our little incubator stage as we tested it out. And Honestly, it's praying, it's asking God to line up the right people on your team and exploring those options, you know, like to do something that we're doing to produce something of this 
magnitude and quality, mm-hmm. you need to have the right people. You know, you, you need to have people that are there to hold up your arms in prayer. You need to have the people who have the skill sets that you don't have to help further that cause. And it's a blessing to everybody then, you know, it's everybody gets to be part of that. So I've got an amazing editor. She's worked in the Christian publishing world for like 28 years, 28 or 25. I can't remember. She's phenomenal. Just absolutely phenomenal as as our senior editor. I've got an amazing strategic content editor who helps shape stories, you know, so it's quite involved. We have people who work with our writers. You know, we, we just wrapped up our submission process for our fall issue. So we have the content. And so the next step is uh, my strategic content editor. We're reviewing all of the content Mm -hmm. and we're seeing, okay, which are going to be the best fit for what we're trying to produce. And then she'll come alongside of our writers and maybe coach them a little bit. If there's some things that we need changed some tweaks, but she is just a genius at asking the right questions to get to the heart of the message of, of what we believe that the writers were trying to convey. If there's anything that needs to be adjusted as a team, our goal is to put everybody who has their name in there in the best light possible. So we, we print high quality stuff. Like our standards are quite high for what we do because we want everybody to look good. Not only do we want us to look good, we want our writers and our sisters who we partner with to be reflected in such a light as well. For sure. So it's, it sounds like just by personality or by uh, the way the Lord's designed you, you sound like a team builder. Yep. I'm very passionate about that. Like we are better together. We are better when we can challenge one another's thoughts Mm -hmm. Because then we hear such a wide, like different angles, stuff that we can step outside of our own lenses on and see the world from a different angle. So we also have advisors uh, that are part of our team as well. And they help to look in from a slightly outside. They're not quite as ingrained in everything we're doing. And they look over every issue that we publish. They look over everything before it goes to print. And if there's any red flags during the editing process, even, or things we might want to consider because they have bring a different perspective. It's so incredibly valuable. Mm-hmm. Uh, our team, we also have a photo director and an art director and support people um, who help bring all of these things to light. And the discussions that we have as a team, it's it's, sometimes it's iron sharpens iron, but in all the best ways, because it it really sharpens our hearts and our minds. And we're able to wrestle through things together, man. Teams are the best. That's how I feel. (laughs) I agree. I've been a a full-time pastor for 23 years and I have noticed in my ministry, when I have a team around me, everything goes better. When I try and do things by myself it definitely shows that I need a team around me. Yes. And, uh, and I, and when you look at, you know, what we're told in Ephesians, the idea is, is even, you know, in the local church, what are we supposed to do? Equip people to do the things that, that the Lord's called them to do, you know, like set them free to do it, you know, build them up so that they can be partnering together. The Lord's given us all a ministry to do. And it sounds like you're trying to notice people's gifts and plug them in to where, you know, their efforts can be magnified as everybody works together toward the common goal. Absolutely. I think, you know, it's easy if you're a one person show, it's easy to run fast, Hmm. easy to run fast, but you won't get too far. (laughs) Yeah. Right. You go farther when you can go together, even if it might take you a little longer and slower in the process. So that's a good analogy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Many of our listeners are women. And uh, I would I would assume our listening base here for our podcast here is probably half and half. So I want to ask you some deeper level questions that I hope will be a blessing to the women that are listening to the show. But I also want the guys to take note 
of some of your answers to this. And I'll tell everybody, uh, I have not prepped Lindsay for any of these questions. When we were talking, even before we recorded here, I said, I, I have a whole series of questions I'm really curious to get your perspective on, but I think it will be better if you just answer it on the fly. So this is, this is without a net, all right? So Lindsay's oh boy. without a net, <laughs> all right? And we're, and we're going to kind of work our way through these things. And you might even have to put your counselor's hat on for okay. some of these, all right? All right. So, so for starters, first one I have for you is this. How do you think, and you mentioned this a little bit already just a moment ago, which I thought was interesting, but how do you think the Lord can use our past experiences to prepare us for present day ministry? Oh, that is a wonderful, wonderful question. So everything that we do equips us. I I firmly believe it. I look back on my life and the experiences, the internships that I had when I was in college, man, I was not passionate about that job by any means. But it prepared me. I was able to create podcasts back in 2008 for to support a sales team. I was working for a software engineer company, something that is just, it was a job offer, you know, in a time where it was hard to find jobs. And it was a wonderful learning experience. Everything. I got to work in an international work culture, you know, things that you learn and you just soak in. If you can take a posture of learning, any experience can provide value, even the hard ones, even the ones where you're like, why am I doing this? I don't feel any, I don't feel like I'm really getting any value out of it. And it absolutely might feel that way. And we can see that in scripture too. We look at the life of Joseph. We look at the life of David. You know, we all go through these seasons and periods of life where we're like, what are we doing here? Like, I'm not, I'm not feeling like I'm thriving, (laughs) but if we can learn from those things, I guarantee that they will help you in the long run. Awesome. Very good. All right. Here's another one. Do you ever wrestle with self-doubt when you're sharing your art with others? And what helps you get beyond that? Yes. The answer is yes. <laughs> Struggle. I think I have learned to take off the mindset that it's about me. When I take off that mindset, I guess, and think, okay, God, I am doing my best. I'm offering you the best that I can. I want this to serve you, Lord. I know that I, I know that I'm not the end all be all answer for everything. And there are other people who are going to be able to articulate things better, write better, create better, but I'm doing what I can. And I'm trusting that God is lining up the people who need to hear what I have to say, you know, and it it just, it takes the pressure off. There's an audience for everybody, whether that's a visual audience or a reader audience or a church audience, there is a place for everybody. And learning to walk in that truth and that freedom, like God has given you a message. He's given me a message. And there are people that we are meant to intersect with. And if some people don't like what we're doing, that's okay. They're just not for us at this time. And we just trust God with that. So I just have to keep realizing this is, this can't be about me. I'm just stewarding what God has. And I don't want to somehow enter eternity someday and everything get burned up because of wrong motives. You know, like I have to constantly check my heart. And when I do start to feel insecure about something, that's when I've noticed, oh, I think I have to focus on myself a little too much. Hmm. So you're saying focusing on Jesus, that's the solution for self-doubt. So I can say something and you can say the same exact thing, but there are people that will listen to you saying it because they connect with you more so than connecting with me. And I think a lot of times people... 
uh, will, they'll look at their their day to day and they'll they'll say, oh, I'm I'm no Billy Graham or I'm no uh, Mandisa or I'm not this or I'm not that. And it's like, no, you don't have to be. There are right. people that won't even listen to recognize names that will listen to you because you're not recognized or you're not somebody that is off in some sort of like like huge platform over here that's known all throughout the world or or you you know you're someone that says things in a way that that I speak that language too and I always think that to myself that there is some way out of the way that the Lord has designed us because I believe that God is sovereign that he will use us in very specific ways with specific people. And if we could focus on Jesus and say, all right, I don't have to be perfect because Jesus is perfect for me. And as a result, I can just trust him to use me as he chooses to use me and just trust him for the results. Yes, absolutely. I like your answer on that. I like your thoughts on that. All right. Uh, I'm the father of two young women. My daughters, I mentioned to you before we started recording here, I have a daughter who's 20 and I have a daughter who is 15. I'm also the pastor of a local church. And um, so I'm always thinking about things from multiple angles. I think about things as, you know, the, uh, a father of girls, right? So, so what does that look like as a father of girls? I also have two sons too, but I'm, I'm, uh, I find it easier to understand their life experiences sometimes because I lived it out pretty much the same as they did. But I think in regard to my, my daughters, and by the way, I have to say, I, before my wife and I had children, I used to joke with her. I I said, you know, if the Lord blesses us with sons, I feel like I'm going to know what to do. If the Lord blesses us with daughters, I don't feel like I'm going to know what to do. And And our very first child, our oldest, is a daughter. And it was like instantly... The Lord clicked in my head, like, come on, you know how, how, to, how to be a dad to a daughter. I have to tell you, like, what a lovely experience it has been uh, to, to have daughters. And, and I've just so loved it. And the, yes, the ways that we interact sometimes are a little bit different, but I've, it's a blessing. I love it so much. And so I'm always thinking about them and how I'm trying to communicate things. I even think, you know, in regard to our congregation, you know, we have uh, half of our church is women. And so what advice would you give me as a dad and as a pastor that you think would help me in my household and in my church to help women specifically to grow in their walk with Christ? Mm, that's a really good question. So I, well, I'm actually up for nominee for board membership at my local church. And awesome. I, I will say this, feeling heard and listened to and represented is so valuable. And just knowing that, that I have a voice and that someone recognizes to see your, so from a dad perspective, Mm -hmm. see your daughters, you know, like don't just look at them, but see them acknowledge the way that God designed their hearts. Notice the things that they really care about and that they're passionate about. Take the time to listen because that really equates to feeling so loved, shepherded and cared for, you know, um, counsel. Yeah. That, that's what I would say. I I think it kind of, that's a human need Mm -hmm. as a whole, you know, and when we can learn to cherish our brothers in Christ and our sisters in Christ and the unique way that God has given them, we all, we see things differently. Sometimes Mm -hmm. we interpret things differently in our hearts, in different situations. And I think that brings so much value and benefit to the church as a whole. Man, when we can function together and partner together and glorify God through that and encourage one another, I think it's beautiful. I've seen so many amazing things happen working and volunteering in my churches that I've been part of. Mm-hmm. 
working on diverse teams, you know, with older, older men, older spiritual women. And I've, I've typically been on the younger end of things because, well, I'm in my thirties, (laughs) but, um, you know, learning and growing from them and also being able to share my perspective and the things that I feel like God has given me, uh, passions for and thinking of the younger generations and experiencing things that we're going through and how we can reach our church, like the people that are around us and the people that need to be inside of our church and the people that we can minister out to outside of our church and what that looks like. So I'm always a big fan of linking arms and just working together. I mean, Jesus had women going with him, traveling with him, partnering together. And it's so cool how they got to even finance the ministry that Jesus. I was going to say, did you, did you ever notice that in the gospels that the primary way that Christ's earthly ministry was being financed was through multiple women that are referenced in scripture. Some are named and some aren't. And uh, they they played a huge role in what he was doing. And I think that gets overlooked sometimes. I think so too. And that has been a huge encouragement to me. When I first made that connection, I was like, wait, what? Women finance his ministry. This is so cool. It just yep. opened up a space for me to feel like I could step out and freedom in. Oh yeah. Honestly, you know, and like Jesus affirmed that that was yeah. so amazing. And he welcomed that. And it just feels so empowering to know that there's a space for me too. Yeah. The gospel of Luke highlights that specific angle in multiple ways. You know, that's the gospel that really highlights women in a variety of ways. And that was revolutionary in the era of the early church because culturally women weren't treated with that kind of dignity. And you have, you see Christ demonstrating that and it's had cultural implications ever since. Yes. And so it's, it's fascinating. What do you, what would you like to hear from the pulpit that doesn't get addressed enough that you think would speak to the heart of women specifically? Well, I am blessed to be part of an amazing church. I'll say that up front. And so everybody might have a different experience. I, I do listen to a lot of podcasts. Um, my pastor speaks often from an exegetical methodology of speaking, right. which I so appreciate because it does look at scripture as it was intended. There's so many series about David and Goliath, those sorts of things. I would love to hear more about the unsung women heroes from time to time. Too. unsung women heroes you know like the unnamed ones you know mm-hmm. like uh philip's daughters that prophesied you know right. like all all of these things just and and i i've seen a trend more recently too of having more females speaking as well mm-hmm. i'm a huge fan of christine kane i don't know if you're familiar with her ministry or not but she has just been such an example to me in her earlier she's in her 50s i believe okay. but she kind of pioneered youth ministry as a female that she was a leader. That's how she started off. She's from Australia and now she's here in the United States, but she didn't let fear hold her back. She didn't let her gender hold her back from what God had specifically called her to do. And so I think when we can just recognize, like we get to partner together and go forward together in this stuff, it's just, it's so encouraging. And I'm blessed to be part of a wonderful church community where that is reflected and Pastor Greg, he's just amazing. And his wife, Amber, she's just equally amazing and passionate. And, you know, it's just, it's so nice for my daughter to be able to witness that and see that as well. Excellent. Yeah. So if somebody asked you the question, so one of the things that I'm hearing, by the way, here, um, just in, in kind of like the the things that you're saying, but also kind of the the subtext in what you're saying here too, you seem to be expressing a lot of thought about the fact that, that, the Lord's been good to you, that you see ways in which he's worked in your life, the way he shaped you, you've seen his goodness. And so if somebody asked you the question, is God good? 
How would you answer them or maybe even how would you try to persuade them to adopt your perspective? Yes. I do think that God is good to answer your question. It's that, it's that churchy answer though. You know what I'm saying? You're it's, allowed to give churchy answers. It's okay. You can say it, <laughs> you can say it, but it's, it's got such a deeper meaning. You know what I mean? Like right. my like it's the I'm trying to get away from so much Christianese talk is sure. that expression. But one thing that I have learned and recognized, I have been through painful situations in my life. I have right. been through some incredibly, incredibly challenging things where I could have I could have thrown it in God's face and said, you're not good. Why would you let me go through this? You know, but through it all in hindsight and choosing to stick with my faith and walk forward, even in the midst of hard church situations, Mm -hmm. hard ministry situations, really sometimes what felt like spiritually abusive situations, Mm -hmm. choosing to trust God. And he is where I put my focus. I have learned that God allows in his wisdom what he could prevent in his power. And the things that we walk through are meant, man, this is going in a theological discussion, which Do I don't it. want to get It's to. okay. <laughs> but I think that those things that we walk through produce maturity in our lives. Mm-hmm. We would be surface level Christians if we didn't, if we just had an easy path. We are never guaranteed a smooth and easy road. Yep. And in fact, we are guaranteed trouble. In this life, you will have trouble. Yep. Like. Whoever says being a Christian is the best thing ever because your life is smooth sailing. That's not true. That is a false gospel (laughs) Like right there. I mean, there are blessings and spiritual blessings and eternal blessings, but it doesn't always translate to what we think or want it to look like here on this earth. But in those hard things that I have walked through, like deep, painful things, it is, it has refined me Hmm. and that process is painful but it has produced so much more fruit, spiritual fruit in my life than, than if I hadn't gone through an experience like that. It's deepened my walk with the Lord. Mm. And I think that it, in the future, it's going to model that, you know, when my kids see us walking, our kids, you know, your kids, my kids, they see us walking through hard things. We can't just pretend it's easy. They see, they see the ins they and outs. They see who we are when we're not on a stage or speaking in a microphone. And when we get to live that out and reflect that to our kids, mm, that's valuable for them to see too. So everything that we go through isn't just about us too, because then it allows us to minister to others who are going through hard things. Because it'd be easy to say, no, God, you're not good. Why would you allow these things? Right. But we are living in an imperfect world. (laughs) Let's be honest. (laughs) Yes, you're you're right. But I think that's a that's a powerful answer. Like I could tell that that's something that you have thought a lot about in regard to your own self, but also in regard to the messaging that you're trying to convey to others. You know, do we wrestle with is God good? Well, if He's good, why do we believe that? You know, why do we deal with difficult things? What does He produce in our life as a result of it? And uh, I love what you said about spiritual maturity, how He utilizes our experiences to help us grow mature in our walk. His big thing is he wants our faith to grow. And I don't feel like I grow too much when everything goes real easy, even though I tend to want everything to go really easy. Right. It yes. work that way. <laughs> so so here's, um, here's a question for you that was posed to me recently from a pastoral perspective. And uh, it, it, it was a question about how to help a particular woman that was wrestling with something. So what advice would you give to a woman who is dealing with feelings of unresolved shame? So again, this was an issue that was recently presented to me, and I thought, boy, that's a that's a deeper level question. I thought, I want to hear what Lindsay has to say, and maybe I'll steal your answer as mine. <laughs> 
guess the question that comes to my mind is where is that shame coming from? Right. Who is, what is the shame about and who's, who, what are you listening to? You Mm -hmm. know, like identify that who is putting the shame on your life. You know, I look at, um, I, I think back to the garden of Eden, you know, when, Adam and Eve were filled with shame when they realized <laughs> what they did wrong. And, and the beautiful thing that God didn't judge them immediately. God didn't say, what in the world did you do? You idiots. Like God didn't say that. <laughs> like, look what I did for you. He didn't throw shame on them. He asked them a question. Yes. And where are you? You know, like mm-hmm. what's going on? Clearly he knew, but, right. but um, it was a beautiful loving response in, in my mind. And man, God will never put shame on a person. And so his Holy spirit works through us. You know, if there's something in our lives that, that is out of place and he wants to call us up because he loves us and he wants to bring freedom to our lives. That's one thing. But if someone else is throwing shame on you or condemning you for something, mm -mm, you know, like I say, no, (laughs) what, what does God say about you? You are loved. You are fearfully and wonderfully made. You are beautiful. You are a new creation. There are good works planned for you. And there is no situation that can't be redeemed in the light of God's love. You know, God loves you. That's what I would say. And, And, you know, we can't, we can't throw judgment at anybody and expect them to receive if they're not in a place where they can even receive it because they've got so many walls up, you know? Right. You got to connect on a heart level and let people know that God sees you. He loves you and he knows where you're at and he loves you still, you know, and there's freedom to be found in whatever situation that you're dealing with. And you know what? It's also okay to ask questions. I think in a, uh, I don't know. I think there's been a shift recently, but I grew up in the eighties. I was born in 1983. You do the math, but, um, You know, I think sometimes in church culture, we were just being satisfied with the Sunday school answer, Jesus. You know, we don't ask questions. The answer, final answer is Jesus. And when we don't allow ourselves to wrestle with some of those questions and to go deeper, you know, in in a case of shame, like, you know, oh, God says I'm healed. Okay. But I'm still struggling with this. What's wrong with me? I'm internalizing the shame. So what's wrong with me? There's got to be something wrong with me. If we don't engage in, in, wrestle with those things and wrestle with the truth of God's word in light of our circumstances. There's, there's so much importance to that so that we can grow out of that. You know, that's how we mature is is through wrestling through those circumstances. So to someone who might be struggling with doubt or questioning certain things, that's okay. Those questions are strengthen us in the long run, you know, and it helps us to know who we are, who God has called us to be, when we can look back and, and understand, okay, let's, let me think through this and trust God that he's going to lead me to the truth in his word. You didn't know that, that I was going to ask you to preach a sermon today when I invited <laughs> you to be on the show. <laughs> you just never know what, what I'm going to say. <laughs> <laughs> no, that was a great answer. And, and do, you, do you think that sometimes we forget that, that part of what Christ has done is that he's taken our shame upon Absolutely. himself? You yep. know, we keep carrying this around and Jesus already took it. So why do we keep carrying this? (laughs) Right. I know. And it's so frustrating because I, okay. I hear a lot from the younger generations, especially, especially like in college, out of college, and they're struggling with their identity. They're struggling with their purpose Big and they're struggling with like, why? I don't even know. Like, I don't even know if I believe in God. I don't know. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And it's like, 
oh, because they're hearing all of these different things and they're hearing these accusations that are placed on, on people, on them, you know, like, oh, you're never going to amount to anything because you're so lazy or whatever, whatever term. That's just one example. We need to lift one another up. I think we need to call each other up. We don't call each other out. We call each other up and speak the truth of how God sees them because they need to hear this. They need to hear that message. Absolutely. Yeah, that's uh, that's great counsel. I, I really appreciate you sharing that with us. Um, as we As we finish up here, I'm curious, what's your long-term vision for what God has placed on your heart? How do you how do you perceive him using what you're leading and the teams you're building and the content that you're producing? What's the long-term vision that you feel like he's starting to give you for this? Oh, that is a it's hard to speak long-term visions out loud sometimes because honestly, I try I'm stewarding this is how I feel. Like I mentioned before, I hold this with open hands and just taking one step that God leads me to at a time. Mm-hmm. I would love to do, well, the Truly Co. I really believe is meant to be a media platform. Mm-hmm. So beyond a print magazine, uh, my heart is to expand into more uh, video stuff, mm-hmm. sharing testimonies and stories of God's goodness and what that looks like. And through more creative means, visually in an online platform. Um, God has given me such a passion to teach and to proclaim his truth in his word and to encourage others. And so I'm just trusting God one step at a time in myself and how he leads me so that I don't think too, too far ahead. I'm a dreamer and it's easy for me to go there. And you're an action taker. So the combination of those uh, stuff's going to happen here. Yes. And so I have learned that I've had to be very patient with myself and my own, manage my own expectations to go along with God's timeline and not mine. Um, but one thing we're doing this year that's kind of a step in that direction is we're going to be launching Truly Talks, as we call them. So it's going to be online way to have more engagement and discussion and connect our readers to our writers and our Truly Co community. Because I have realized we're still in this age of the COVID era at the time Mm -hmm. of us recording where it's, we're not super free to get out and have massive events and everything like that. But I love those types of things. Those are super energizing to me. Mm -hmm. I love being part of them. I love helping produce them, but what can we do in the here and now with what we have? And so we're going to be doing that in an online format. We're having discussion groups. Um, We have been able to connect with women literally around the world through online discussions. We have content calls twice a year as we prepare for our print issues. And we had, I mean, I'm in Minnesota and at seven o'clock at night, I had a woman in Finland live on the zoom call. I had a woman live on the call from South Africa. I had a woman live on the call from South Korea and it just blew me away. Isn't that amazing? That yes, that a, they would get up at in Germany at two in the morning and be part of our call because they wanted to be part of this community and wanted to be connected to sisters in Christ across the world. And to me, it is beautiful to hear the stories that they were encouraged and uplifted because of that. And I want to have more opportunities to do that and and to speak. So that's, that's exciting. When that launches, definitely let us know. We'll, we'll share it with our listeners and we'll make sure that people know about it. Awesome. To that. All right. Bonus questions as we finish up here. These are not deeper level questions at all. These are just bonus, just for fun. All right. Bonus question number one. If you were designing a car, what feature or amenity would you make sure it included? Oh, my goodness. Okay. Well, I drive a Jeep. I love my Jeep. And Mm -hmm. so I'm kind of obsessed with the off-roading capabilities, (laughs) even though I'm a city girl. 
Okay. <laughs> so more <laughs> off-roading capability. Yeah. Like, or something where, okay, I'm in a cold climate with lots of snow, something where it grips the ice. Cause there is no worse feeling than sliding on the ice when you, then there's nothing you can do <laughs> yeah. about it. So like little grips that would come out of the tires, maybe now okay. I'm talking like transformers. I have a four year old right. boy. So <laughs> something that would like grip the ice for you. Suction cups or, Suction uh, cups. or some sort of spike Perfect. or something like that. <laughs> there we go. Yeah. All right. All right. Question number two, what's your highest bowling score? Oh my goodness. Okay. Wait, it's been a while, but okay. I, one time is 300 an accurate number. <laughs> that's, that's a perfect game. That means I literally got strikes. that once. I literally on. got that once. I'm Did not even really? kidding. And it was before my husband and I were dating and <laughs> I, it, I am not a bowler. It was a total fluke, but we were at this like bowling event and it was with bumpers or without without bumpers. Thank All right. You very much. I'm pretty, I'm pretty sure okay. but it was a young adult event. And I was like, I kept getting like strike after strike after strike. And it was just ridiculous. It was just unheard of. All right. That, so, that's I mean, pretty amazing. I didn't know that. I didn't know that answer ahead of time. So you're, you're on a very small list of people I know that have done that. I have never done it since. And I'm okay. in fact, a very poor bowler. So <laughs> I, I think it was a miracle so that my husband at my now husband would maybe, I don't know, think that was pretty cool or something. Who knows? <laughs> you, put, you put that in your resume. You're like, this yes, is why should. you should marry me. Perfect bowling yes. score. One time. One All time. Right. <laughs> All right. How many books do you read in a year? Ooh, great question. So I have a goal this year to read one book a month. Uh, so 12, but it depends on the season of life, right? I'm in this stage where I've got little kids. So if I count those little kid books, yeah, I don't know, maybe like tons, hundreds. Right? Can I count, yeah. count hundreds? If the books are all cardboard, every page, yes. then it doesn't count. <laughs> it doesn't count. Okay. No, it does count, but we'll put it in a different category. No, I know. Those books are great. Yeah. This year, my goal is to read one book a month. That is apart from what I'm already doing for right. my work, right? Like I read a lot for work, um, but fun books. And that my goal this year is to include more fiction because I get in this like learning mode where I'm like nonfiction, nonfiction. I want to learn all the things, equip me, but then I get mental burnout from all that too. So right. I like, yeah, fun you got to lighten it up some. Yes. Okay. All right. Last one. What band from your youth would you like to see make a comeback? DC Talk. DC Talk. All right. Nice. For sure. Oh, I loved DC Talk as a kid. And I, Toby Mac is still doing awesome things. Oh, he's the best. I love that group so much. I could still probably recite all those 90 rap, 90s rap songs. That's awesome. Uh, yes, it was the best. Toby Mac, if you're ever listening to this. <laughs> all right, Toby, the request has gone out. By the way, you'll get a kick out of this. Yesterday, I kid you not, probably around four o'clock in the afternoon, Guess what I was listening to? I was listening to the DC Talk Free at Last album. I kid oh. you not. Oh my goodness! Afternoon, I still love it. Arguably, probably one of their best ones. So, oh yeah, absolutely. That that was. I felt like that was. You know, that's like in that pinnacle. You got Free at yep. Last followed by Jesus Freak, and so it's yep. just like they were really shining there. And I saw them live in Hershey, Pennsylvania, on the Free at Last tour. No way. I, I did. did. They were one of my first con concerts that I went to here in Minneapolis, in the Minneapolis area. So that's awesome. I love that you love DC Talk too. That's All right. All right. That was a good answer. Very good. Well, <laughs> Lindsay, this was super fun to have you on the show today. I, th I really think what you're doing is, is excellent. And Thank I you. appreciate the time you're putting into it and the spirit you're putting into it. And the fact that it's undergirded with an understanding of 
who the Lord is and what the scripture teaches, and your goal is to glorify him, I, I truly pray that the Lord will bless your efforts and just the ways in which you're investing in the lives of others. And I wonder if uh, listeners want to connect with you beyond this conversation, where can they find you online? Yeah. Oh man, I would love to connect. Send me a DM on Instagram. We are the truly co on Instagram. Uh, we are also on Facebook. Our demographic seems to be more on the Instagram Mm -hmm. side of things, but that is where we share a lot of news about what's coming up content calls. If you're listening and you're a writer, or if you're a creative and you want to get involved, just send us a DM or check out our website. We've got links available for how to get involved. If you want to apply to be on the photography team or whatever that looks like. We love hearing from people um, who are interested in what we're doing and, and our readers. So, Excellent. Yeah. And, the, and the website's thetrulyco.com, exactly. correct? That's correct. Yep. All right. So on Instagram at thetrulyco and online at thetrulyco.com. Well, this was wonderful. We had Lindsay May with us today from The Truly Co. Lindsay, thank you so much for what you shared today. It was truly valuable. Truly. (laughs) Truly. All right. Thank you so much. What an honor. All right. Have a great one. I'm Dr. Lauren DeVille, a practicing naturopathic physician in Tucson, Arizona. In my podcast, Christian Natural Health, my guests and I discuss topics ranging from nutrition, sleep, hormone balancing, and exercise to specific health concerns like hair loss, anxiety, and hypothyroidism. I'll also interweave biblical principles as they apply throughout the podcast because true health is body, mind, and spirit. Listen to Christian Natural Health for free at lifeaudio.com or on your favorite podcast platform.